Ready? Go. Welcome back to Ready Go Podcast. Ready Go, the podcast. Well, not back. This is a, this is a new episode. So welcome. I guess we're assuming that it's always been, a welcome back. they've been listening all along. But welcome first timers also. Right? Welcome first timers. Yeah. We have lots of first timers both on the airwaves or the internet waves. And also here in the yeah. Ready Go we studio. Have a special, special guest. Well, he's not that special, but we have a guest. I get one special, all right? Special guest, not special, special. Right. You're double special to me. We got here today my main man. Your main squeeze. My main squeeze. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Porter Bratton. He's the guy. Hi. Hey. How are you guys doing? Welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Um, really, so today's episode we want to talk about what type of criticism. And, uh, and I figured what better way to talk about criticism than to just criticize Porter this the whole entire time. time. He doesn't know this, this but this is, entire this is episode... kind of like an intervention. <laughs> this entire episode is going to be him being the butt of every it's like Porter Bratton roast. Joke. Right. Celebrity roast. Right. So, uh, right. Porter, we really don't like the way... <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a good thing I have such a thick skin developed from years of criticism. Take, take Crit- yeah. <laughs> there is something about thick skin. We want to talk about this thick skin yet, or we're going to talk about someone else first? Well, I, 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 well, I wanted to introduce why I want to talk about mm, this. Yeah, that's a good so, idea. So, I mean, the context is ultimately, so I, I mentioned in the last episode that I, I just finished my first draft. Woo-hoo-hoo. Yeah, which I'm, excited, which I'm excited about still. Um, and, you know, I've been trying to get several people to read it, and lots of people, I don't know, for whatever reason, so it's a big... It's hard to read on a line on a regular computer screen. But I, I printed it out and I brought it with me down to New Jersey. And I gave it to uh, my sister-in-law, two sisters-in-law. Both of whom who are very well read. Well read. They uh, One has a PhD in comparative literature. So she thought you were the bomb. Well, she she got like 30 pages into it and then she didn't have time and she... So she says, she send, me, send me a digital copy. And so I'm, I don't know if she'll finish it. But I hope she does, because I'd like to get her two cents. And then uh, and then my other sister-in-law has a, I think she has a master's in English. And she, it took her a long time to read it. And she, and she waited until I left. But then, like, the day after I left, she called and she said that she, I mean, she read it in one sitting. So she, that's, that's nice. Yeah, that's she, what you want. Yeah, she stayed. She was, you know, she was up till like three in the morning. It's like Hunger yeah. Games style. You read? Does that? Is that how you read Hunger Games? Yeah, well, so I think a lot of people read. Hunger I think games, every, I like almost everybody I know who Harry read Potter. Hunger Games read them in like a very quick, a short amount of time. I didn't really like Hunger Games. Well, you don't. I, re- I read it at Scout Camp. Mm. And that's why. Yeah, maybe. Uh, why? What does that have to do? It's a strong female character. You were in a and male-enriched <laughs> environment. <laughs> Could be. Anyway, so she calls me the next day, and she, you know, she gives me a bunch of uh, it's like here's some notes. Here's some notes, and um, and I and I thought it, w- and you know, not saying that she did it, and she did everything right. You know, I'm not. This is not me saying. Who, how dare she tell me what? How to what? improve my story? Yeah, but it it got me. It's it's interesting. Um, just thinking about. You know, when you give your creative projects uh, out for scrutiny, you know, you you expose yourself, mm-hmm. and you and you um, 
you know, there's a little part of you that kind of feels like, well, this is a part of me. Oh yeah. And um and it's and it's tender and it's and it's something that, you know, you're kind of afraid to let somebody say say things about it because it's a, you feel like it's a reflection of you. Yeah. It's like saying you're not good, you're not good enough or whatever. Yeah, I um I just I listened to an interview with John Mayer at the Oxford Student Union. Mm-hmm. It's a very of course. random pairing. Um, and apparently, I learned through this interview that he it was really good friends with Steve Jobs, John Maris, apparently. <laughs> and he was asked about this, like, hey, how's your friendship with Steve Jobs? And, and one of the things that he talked about is that, you know, people talk about how Steve Jobs is a kind of a hard ass. He's a jerk. And he says, you know, there's a couple times where I called him up and said, hey, Steve, I got this idea. What do you think about this? And he would, in a very positive way, say, well, what about this? And, I mean, and it, he would make one comment and it would just, you know take your idea to pieces, right? And he'd say it in a nice way, you know, and, and what John Mayer said was, imagine being an employee and you've spent three years working on something and you, you know, you hold it, you mold it, you take it and you finally bring it to the top and it takes 10 seconds to completely and totally smash it to bits. Yeah. You know, and that that is why he, he his idea was that that's why he got the reputation is because you have people who are really talented putting their heart and soul into something who are taking it to somebody who, you know, is giving some feedback and feedback is hard. A feedback is hard. And being the feedback giver is hard. So so part of the question that 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 came came out of this was how do I process criticism in a way that. Yeah, and maybe I deep down know the answer to this question, but it's it's sort of like, what stuff do you take and what stuff do you leave? Like, to what extent is, you know, when somebody says, oh, you should make this happen, and you think, uh, I don't know if I want that to happen. Yeah. Well, it seems to me like you really got to separate what is a matter of perspective from what is actually, you know, is this good or bad? Because so many people are going to look at a work of, of, of a book or a work of art or any project and a lot of what they're going to say is going to be just a matter of perspective. Like, sure. I think this should be blue instead of green because I like green more than blue. Right. Or they're going to, or, or what have you. Whereas other things are going to be, well, you know, this doesn't really fit. And that's going to be a, a much more valid and universal Absolutely. criticism or comment. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I don't, I'm not sure if, if I'm trying to get anything out of this, but I, um, you know, but one of the you know the quotes that I that I that I wanted to share that I came across recently and it's 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 really and this isn't this isn't uh, you know scapegoating or anything this is just I, I I keep thinking about it whenever I whenever I'm faced with criticism these days it's a quote that Theodore Roosevelt said he was he was in France this is a little excerpt from a talk from a speech that he gave. Um, sometimes it's uh, called the man in the arena quote. Uh, but he was, this was, uh, he was in, he was in Paris and he was in, in the midst of some, uh, you know, Congress really being mean to him and things, <laughs> which I think was lots of his, of which is his... a nice way of saying that he was getting back to the bud. Yeah. Uh, but so in the middle of this talk, he, he, he says this quote, he says, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out. Uh, how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, 
whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at his best in the end knows the triumph of high achievement, and who at his, at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Hmm, yeah. I saw a quote today from Theodore Roosevelt on Facebook that was paraphrasing, uh, if you could kick the the person who is your biggest critic, if you could pick them and kick them in the pants, you wouldn't be able to sit down for a month. Implying that <laughs> it's yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so this take this brings us to two separate things here. There is the idea of the the value and honor in the effort. Right. You know, to me, I think the biggest lesson of this is less about criticism and more in the fact that, like, I'm doing it. You yeah. know, and no matter how much it sucks, I did it, and I I created this thing. You know, if you think it's awful, if you think it's amazing, it doesn't even matter because I made I made this. Right. I've done this. And there's value in that beyond what anybody can, uh, you know, talk poorly of it. Right. Uh, you're right. And then, then the other side is when that criticism is correct or when it's, <laughs> right. you know, when it's, okay, well... Yeah, it, it it is too long, or it is too. Uh, right, or this doesn't make sense, or this doesn't look right. good, or sound good, or flow well. Yeah. Well, and that c- coming back to the idea of your biggest critic being yourself, I think we're most of the time pretty aware of our lack of imper- lack of perfection in ourselves and in our creations, and sure. so having that pointed out is like double the dagger because any sort of doubt you have in yourself, any sort of right. Uh, any sort of question you have and like, oh, is this even worthwhile? And somebody then to have says, it confirmed by somebody else? No, no, this is not worth it. Right. No, you suck. And so that, bad. And that's one of the problems, you know, when we talked about the last episode's momentum, you know, one of the reasons, one of the biggest things to kill momentum is that kind of criticism that, that, that makes you, that, that feeds your self-doubt. Like the Steve Jobs question. Right. Yeah. So let's uh, let's take a quick break. I think I'm not sure how I've lost track of uh, where we're at, but let's take a let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Porter and ask some of his his I don't know, his counsel, experience, his experience, wisdom, with because he's very wise. I might be stretching it. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll All right. See. Okay.
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ready again. Still ready. Still ready to go. Still ready, still going. Um, we had introduced Porter. We brought Porter on for a lot of reasons. One, because he's around and he's got a lot of cool things to he say. He desperately wanted to be on the show. I so wanted to be on the Begging show. Begging if he was involved, We've been maybe. writing letters for weeks. Um, also, because Porter has a really unique uh, interaction with criticism, because as a small business owner with a very large uh Clientele. Clientele and outward-facing customer base. Um, he's got some, over the last couple of years or so, he's had some like pretty big, uh, not big, sometimes small, sometimes big, ex- experiences of criticism that I think have shaped him. So we're going to talk to him a little bit about that. Sure. So for those who don't know who Porter is, Porter, tell, tell the good people out there what it is that you do. All right. So I am a running events producer and promoter. So that means basically that I organize things like half marathons and 5Ks. Used to do more triathlons. Turns out they're kind of a pain in the butt. So mostly just running events these days. Okay. And so uh, you have a couple, several here in, in the Seattle area. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a half marathon up in Snohomish, uh, starting a new half marathon out in Carnation. And then I've got a big national series called the Mustache Dash, which is a mustache themed 5K series. In November. In November, right. or Movember, as you might call it. Right. Well, I probably wouldn't, but yeah. somebody might. It benefits Movember. Sure. So, and, oh, go ahead. So what's some of the ways you've been criticized? Well, like Cammy alluded to, there's a very large customer base because each race, you know, a small event is 500 people. A large event, you know, could be a couple thousand. And so you have a couple, you know, anywhere from 500 to a couple thousand people who are participating in this event that, you know, 24 hours ago, there was nothing there at that park or wherever the race was taking place. And you come in, you set everything up, you mark the course, you set up aid stations, and then everything's, you start the clock, and everything's got to go. Everything's got to move like clockwork. The course needs to be set up. Everything needs to be in place for it to happen. And any sort of uh, weaknesses in your organization, organizational skills and your planning and whatnot, or the course marking, those are all exposed. Or your style. Or your style. Yeah, and there's no, there's no really much of a way to fix it on the fly because it's all happening at that moment. Sure. Um, so, it, yeah, it makes it... And, and also, you know, the interesting thing about runners um, is that when they sign up for a race, you know, they might pay $50, $75 to run this, have this experience of running a race. Um, it's not a huge sum of money, but there are definitely some, a, a minority of runners who, with that money, comes a sense of entitlement to a certain amount of of expected perks and, sure. and um, features well, of I th- the event. I think part of that would be because... And that's good. I mean, that's that should be there. Sure. But some people, it goes beyond. Right. Well, and I think that ends up be- because in their minds, like, well, I could run that course without you, right? right. Any day of the week, I could go. I could, I could just go run along the Snohomish River, and I could just do it, right? And so what I'm paying for... Is for this other experience that you are supposed to provide me, mm-hmm. right? I assume that's that's the mindset. Uh, I think it's not just the fact that they could go out and do it any old day they wanted to. I think it's just, um, I think it honestly comes from the sense of customer service we have in the United States. Okay. Where the customer is always right, and you know you demand something, and whether or not it, you should actually get that, you you feel like you should get it. Okay. You know, I want to talk to the manager. And if you don't, if the manager doesn't concede, then you feel like, you know, you've somehow been shorted. 
So what? Uh, so what kinds of criticism do you feel like you, in particular, are face generally? Um, well, we always, for example, we always do a survey after the race, and we ask for people's comments. And there is nothing like an anonymous survey for people to truly let out their inner critic and just let them run wild. And so people will often um, surprise. I mean, one of the most common criticisms is the weather, which clearly is not under our control. Um, or perhaps smells in the How air. How dare you? You know, like if it, they had purposefully to... pollute the air with right. the smell of sewage. Yeah, and or obviously rain. we have no control over that. So, um, yeah, I mean, just a, a sense of righteous indignation. If there did, I mean, things do go wrong. You know, I, we've never had a flawless event for sure. Things are always could be better, and um, but when, and people see those flaws and they really. Uh, like I said, have a sense of righteous indignation and kind of go overboard on them sometimes. So if if it's perhaps, a, a, you know, the mile marker sign wasn't super clear and people just take that as like a as like a sin against them that there is, you know, this was not clearly marked. And, and so um, those things in the, in the post run survey, that's pretty common. And we'll frequently also get emails. I will get emails from people um, with very specific criticisms. So let, you bring up two different ways for criticism here. And I think let's talk, let's talk about these for a minute. One is criticism that you seek out. And mm -hmm. two is criticism that comes to you unsolicited. Right. Maybe yeah. unwelcome, maybe unnecessary, but unsolicited nonetheless. Yeah. And there's you, you kind of have to prepare yourself anytime you're putting something out there. Oh, yeah. You, you prepare yourself to know, like, okay, I'm asking these 10 questions or five questions, and I know... Somebody's going to complain about the weather. I know someone's complaining about the mile marker. I know someone's going to complain about, you know, any number of things that you personally noticed went wrong. And so you can kind of brace yourself for that, right? Right. I mean, a great example, an anecdote, is that, you know, this one half marathon we have, where there's about three miles of it's on a paved trail right next to the river. And not kidding you, I'm not kidding you, but uh, we had probably about a dozen people complain about that part. And about a dozen people say that was their favorite part. So, um, there's no winning. There's no sure. winning. Yeah, you cannot. You literally cannot please everybody. Right, and truly. I think that comes back to what what you're saying in terms of uh, you know when those you have uh, things that are opinions or preferences versus something that are legitimate right. problems. Yeah. And when receiving criticism, I think it's really good and important to recognize the fact that no matter how great your work is, you will have people who hate it you know i can't right. think of a book that i there are i can't think of a book that i love perfectly that nobody that everybody else on earth likes you know you go to i really like goodreads a lot and you'll go to you know the great american novel pick any book in the universe and there's somebody who's going to rate it one star and say this is the worst book i've ever read waste of time same thing with movies same things with art anything that somebody says oh this is flawless there's going to be somebody who does not agree yeah. and there's a little bit of you can take heart a little bit from that idea sure. when you're creating something or an, you know, creating an experience in this case that, that no matter how good you do, there's always going to be a bad, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I had a week once when back in board games, when I, the, there's a website called board game geek and it has just reviews. I mean, it's, it's just a big database. It's a, database of board nerd games. Fest. Yeah. It's a total nerd fest. In a good way. And, uh, but there's a couple, like when the Target came out, there was a, like the first review that came out was just scathing. It was just, and and I was and I was like, what? 
Like I've never, I'm awful. I've never had anybody experience. But since it was the first review to come out, I'm positive that that hugely impacted the sales of that game, mm-hmm. right? And it's because the guy didn't understand the directions, and and and, and that's our fault, right? Because we didn't make it sure. clear. And 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 anybody who I've ever played the game with, and I've seen them, you know, I know that they know how to play. Love it, rave about it. And the specific things he he pointed yeah. out were were not. But all the complaints are all things like, oh well, you're playing it wrong. That's why right. you're not having fun because you're not playing it right. It's like ah, but uh, and there's <laughs> but there's nothing you can do. Like the damage is done, um, especially in a in a public forum like that where, right? You know, and and he was and there was some other people that had similar problems, and it comes down to communication. So as you've been processing the edits. From your sister-in-law, and I'm sure you have more edits to come from yeah, me and other people. Yeah. Um, have you? How has it gone sorting through the ones that are uh, worth making the changes, and the ones that you think, no, 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 you know, you say that doesn't make sense, but I think it does make sense. Or yeah. I'm going st- to, I'm going to stick to this. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure. You know, it, we ha- we had this one, you know, powwow session, and I took down a bunch of notes, and and out of that, I kind of came out with about. 10 scenes. I was like, all right, I'm going to change this scene, this scene, this scene, this scene. I'm going to, keeping in mind the idea I need to show more, tell less, and I need more character descriptions, and I need, you know, and and the flow needs to go this way that it wasn't going. And um, and so I'm still in the midst of that. Sure. And so I'm focusing on the ones that, that I definitely agreed with, and I'm like, all right, that does need a change. And so once I'm done with that, then I'll relook at it. Okay, well, we'll read some of the other things that she said, and then I'll have to kind of evaluate. Right. Porter, do you, feel, do you feel like you've had things that are, that you've had to kind of wade through the feedback? You know, things that, there's obviously things that you knew went wrong, you knew could be improved. Um, and then you have kind of this other set of feedback that you have to say, okay, well, how much of this is real? And I'm just, you know, I didn't think it was a problem, but apparently it was. Or, and, and then how much of it is, is saying, well, forget it. You know, that's obviously just a complaint. Well, there are for sure some people who, like, you cannot please them. Like, they have they have decided that they are right and you are wrong. And no matter what you say or do, like, you're not going to please them. So it's not it's really not worth addressing them. Right. And, there are, and then, of course, there are some people who are legitimately um, have a very different perspective from the rest of the world, let's say, you know, and just are totally <laughs> coming out of left field. And uh, I think those people also you cannot please because they're going to have maybe very unrealistic expectations. Sure. And that's you know it's it's you know this is something I come across in in at my work all the time where it's like you're really you're designing for ninety percent of the people, right? Right. And, but every once in a while you have to think of these edge cases and these and there's like oh what about this and what about these you know uh, and and the, what about the person who wants to do this. But then does this other thing? It's like oh, I suppose that could happen, and you and you do need a design so that it, this weird case. But like at some point, you have to say, well, like the amount of work you're doing for that five percent, right, is so one, far away. Yeah, or one percent, and it's some, and you have to weigh out whether that's going to impact the experience for the for the rest of it, right? If I go out of my way to make this thing better for this weird experience, this weird uh, edge case, am I now? Am I changing the process for the uh, for the rest of everybody and making right. it worse? Well, and that ends up kind of uh, in the less commercial sense. Comes back to a question that we we assess a lot, which is why are you creating? Yeah. Are you creating? You know, in a commercial sense, you're creating for other people. 
you put on races that, and you need people to enjoy them. Otherwise, they're not going to come back next year. And you're creating, you know, user interfa- interface experience that people need to, right. you know, be able to use. But writing a book here, that's the question. It's like, right. well, who am I writing this for? I- right. And knowing who that target is helps wow. you kind of weed through the feedback. Like my feedback is going to be probably really different than Jessica's. Because, sure. Because I don't really like fantasy books all that much. And so my lens is going to be different than somebody who really does like fantasy books and sure. likes certain aspects of that. Sure. Sure. And scene. <laughs> <laughs> Exit um, followed by a bear. <laughs> so we talked, I talked at the beginning about thick skin because that's something that I think about a lot. I don't feel like I have super thick skin. Some people have really thin skin and you can say anything and it'll make them cry or make them depressed or make them feel bad. How do you go about getting thick enough skin that you can take criticism? I think that's a real question to answer. Hmm. Well, speaking for myself, I think that the only way for myself to have truly thick skin is that I need to do such a good job in preparing and executing and, and everything that I can look at somebody, if somebody comes with a criticism, I can look at them and feel honest about telling them, you know, we did everything we could, I'm sorry this happened, but, you know, I, I did my best. Right. And if I, if I have to lie when I'm saying or kind of like obfuscate that <laughs> a little bit, not lie, but then I, I, I can't do it. You know, then, I, then I do feel bad. Sure. But no, if I know no, I did everything I, I could. I could have done something better to help her, yeah. but I didn't. Like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I kind of like, I I did 95%. Yeah. I mean, to me, it seems like there's kind of two ways to thicken your skin and they're opposite sides. One (laughs) is, is expose yourself to it. Right. Right. And desensitize yourself to it. Right. Like I, 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 uh, I saw an interview, I think it was Ben Affleck on Conan or something like that. And he was talking about uh, everybody hating him for Batman. Yeah. I mean, that's what it was. It was, it was, uh. Is he still doing that? Yeah, yeah he's, 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 oh, okay. he's still doing it. And uh, he, uh, I mean, as far as I know, but he, he said that when he got cast, somebody gave him the advice, said, well, don't look at message boards, right? Right. <laughs> and he, he says, like, uh, but he couldn't resist. He's like, ah, I, I can handle it. Let's, you know. I'm Ben Affleck. I'm sure everyone will love me. I'm sure they'll love me. No, and, everybody hates that idea. Right. And so, but, everyone. like, the first thing, the first thing he read was, no. <laughs> And he and he stopped, and I, th- you know, so. But the the idea is, one, is to be comfortable with it, and and like mm-hmm. recognize there's going to be problems, and just say, you know, whatever. I can't please everybody. Ben Affleck's example is particularly interesting because he hasn't even done it yet. (laughs) (laughs) He hasn't even made the movie. Yeah, but but it's that is a that's criticism of of his life's work. Yeah, right. right. That's essentially that. I mean, that's worse. No matter what you do, Ben Affleck, it's not going to be good. Right. That confidence. Where that right because it's it's that is actually the embodiment of what people are afraid of with criticism, right? Like, right. what I don't want about being criticized is I don't want that to reflect somehow me, like who I am, my, this thing. And the Ben Affleck story is essentially, I haven't even made anything yet. You already know you're not going to... Yeah. We already know we're not going to like it, so don't right. do it. And it's like, well, how do you know? Because we don't like you, you know? And that's essentially what we're saying. We saw a daredevil. Like every, we saw a daredevil. Every and, artist 
nightmare. Right. Is that people will say, ooh, that guy, that, that guy, girl, anything this person does is a train wreck. Yeah. Don't don't watch an M. Night Shyamalan film because they're not good. Right? right. Like, I disagree. I really like them. Mm. Do you? Yeah, I do. All of them? All the ones I've seen. Mm. Which ones have you seen? Oh, well, the... The first three? The first three and the okay. one with the, the lady in the water I thought was good. Okay. And... Did you see The Happening? No, I didn't see that one. Did you see... Um, we can stop talking about M. Night Shyamalan right now. The Last Airbender? <laughs> I thought people liked that one. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, bad faces going on here. Man. Yeah. So Only the Airbender liked it. <laughs> what's the second way? Oh, uh, well, and then the second way is kind of Porter's way is hyping yourself up and being confident enough that you don't care. Right. You know, and like... Those are, in some ways, they're kind of the same thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, um, one is embracing the bad and right. one is and one is shielding... Sure. ...by, you know, like, pumping yourself up enough and be like, I'm good. I'm you know, Self-delusion. Well, not necessarily self-delusion, but, like, self-affirmation, you know, right. and like... And like telling your I'm like, okay. I'm yeah, okay. Stuart Smalley, you know, right. I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone people my, like me. It's about my effort. Right. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's true. Hard though. It, they're both hard things to do. Right. No, there's no winning there. Except right. for in the end, after sifting through, you know, criticisms of your life and your work and your heart and soul, uh, you can make it better, right? Sure. And my Shyamalan apparently hasn't. Yeah, he's <laughs> got... According to some people. Things have got progressively but worked. But I Mr. saw an interview with somebody, Shyamalan. I can't even remember who it was now, but he was talking about how Bob Dylan is a really great example of somebody with a great career because, not because he's got tons and tons of hits, but because you look at his, you look at like the ratings for every one of his albums and it's like, you know, hit, bomb hit bomb hit hit bomb bomb hit bomb and it's up and down and up and down and the point they were making is that um he i mean he learned he was working on his craft sure. you know and that everything you do isn't going to be knocking it out of the park have amazing you, have you heard his christmas album oh i don't even want to <laughs> it's amazing amazing in a good way or in kind of like an in uh, uh, in, uh, in the way that the crash test dummies christmas album is probably amazing. like that <laughs> i mean it's Logging in a window when the Oh, I have, I have heard that song. I think it's on one of those those CDs that they always play at, like, The Gap. And you, you thought know? it was a spoof? I yeah. heard it sampled in a club one night. <laughs> <laughs> a Christmas club. See, Bob at Dylan, one of, the, one of the biggest legends there is in music, sucks sometimes. Yes, he does. Yeah, kind he of does. a lot. And everybody kind of sucks sometimes. But he's laughing all the way to the bank, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Or wherever he lives. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if he uses. But I think he keeps keep all his money in his gold bars. Yeah, under yeah. his bed. Maybe pennies. Yeah. Well, um, I, we're just about out of time here. So let's talk about a call to action. Run a race. One of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. We don't want your self promotion. Um, I think one. I think coming back to Brian, one of your two things, either pick something that you're working on and either like dive in. To the criticism like eat it up and just digest it get your get your skin super thick or talk yourself up get yourself to the point where nobody could break you sure yeah i mean if you can anticipate every potential criticism they'll come along and you've already got it in your head yeah you know then what you got your basis no, no surprise right exactly it's like yeah i know that it's yeah 
I know that this this is that way, and I I thank you for confirming. Thank that. you for confirming. <laughs> yeah. I I it was designed to be that way, and yeah. I'm okay with it that way. I know that not everybody's gonna love it, but that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Right, because as Teddy Roosevelt said, you kick your greatest critic in the pants, and you wouldn't be able to sit for a week. A month, he said. A actually. month. Whoa. Well, it's a Teddy Roosevelt kick, right? So presumably, it's he like he does have quite the momentous. Kick, <laughs> Teddy yeah. Roosevelt, yeah, and uh, carries a big stick. Mm-hmm. Porter, thanks for joining us. I'm My sure you'll be back again. That'd be great. Okay. Uh, until next time. Uh, we'll, Party on. Yeah. Fail hard. Take your criticism hard. Yeah, Take your criticism well. Get a thick skin. Yeah. Thick Deal with it. Yeah. Deal with it. Deal with it. Deal with it. Deal with it. Deal with it.